from the heart of Silicon Valley in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area. I am Sudipto Chatterjee and this is Economically Speaking with Atanu Dey. On Economically Speaking, we talk about economic topics and how they affect our world. Welcome back Atanu, how are you doing? I'm doing very well Sudipto, how are you? I am good. We have been um, we have been talking about a lot of cool stuff, including our last conversation about competition and auctions and fun stuff. But you know, we are living in the Silicon Valley here, and it's you know, every every other person, the person next door to me, literally probably has startups or something going on. It's a place full of entrepreneurs. So when you put on your economist's hat, how would you think of entrepreneurs? Yeah, it's a very interesting point that uh, the core of uh, an, any economy is entrepreneurs. Now, what exactly is an entrepreneur and how does an entrepreneur advance an economy? Now, uh, it seems like of late uh, the word entrepreneur has become overused, but it is hard to overstate the role of an entrepreneur in an economy. Now, how you would define an entrepreneur is, we can easily define it by saying that an entrepreneur is a person who's, who does a startup. And a startup uh, then uh, uh, gets a lot of customers, it gets a lot of funding, and it gets uh, 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 a toehold in the marketplace. And what exactly is it that the entrepreneur brings to the market yes those are the kind of questions we need to ask and closely tied to this the idea of entrepreneurship is the idea of competition what we talked about the last time see an entrepreneur fundamentally does one thing and that is an entrepreneur looks at the world out there says that there are these there is a need for a certain product or a service. And to create this product and a service, he has to use resources that are already existent. And he has to come up with an idea as to how to combine the available resources and then create a product and then bring it to the market so that people who are looking for a particular product or a goods then will pay the entrepreneur to have that product or service. And the entrepreneur is successful to the extent that the price, the consumers of his product or services, their consumers are willing to pay, that price is less than the cost of the resources that he has used and combined to create the product and services. So at one end you have resources that the entrepreneur uses to create the product and at the other end there are the benefits that consumers value and therefore they are willing to pay for it and as long as the value is is in excess to the cost that the entrepreneur has has incurred in creating the product there is an advancement now why does competition come in See, just like an entrepreneur has access to these resources, these resources exist independent of any activity. 
on the part of an entrepreneur or his other people in the economy. So you have the same opportunity as I have, but you with your vision can look at what the resources are available and say, okay, if I, if I put A, B, C, and D together, and then I create uh, an item X, and it will sell for this much, you have that opportunity. And I also had, have had that same opportunity, but I didn't do that job that you did. And I could have done the same thing, but I didn't. So you do have competition, potential competition. And because there are a number of entrepreneurs running around and making different combination of available resources, there is competition among entrepreneurs to create products that customers in value. And so therefore, what happens is customers keep looking around for different products and say, okay, you know, if I buy Google product or let's say a particular product, then I will be better off than the competing product. So at one end, the, the consumers drive the process by making the entrepreneurs compete with each other. And that uh, is what uh, pushes the process of the market process. The market process is fundamentally resources being combined by, an entre by entrepreneurs, which compete amongst themselves, and consumers then look at each other and say, okay, uh, look at the products and say, which products are available for us to buy. So, Atunu, I have a question on this front then. Yeah. The same idea can be repeated many times, right? So, for example, let's consider the market of Indian restaurants in the San Francisco Bay area. Yeah. So now there are a hundred restaurants with almost the same menu. Right? Yeah. And they are in competition, if you think of it to a certain extent. Yeah. But then tomorrow I find that um, well, there don't seem to be too many in this locality, so I'll open a, another restaurant, yeah. call it something, and then have maybe a ditto copy of a menu from somewhere else. Yeah. How would you explain this phenomenon in light of what you just said? So, uh, when you start a restaurant in an area where you find that there is uh, opportunity in the sense that there are not in th that many competing restaurants, mm -hmm. so what you are doing is uh, a dosa in Sunnyvale is not the same, even if it's the same product, you know, it's the exact same copy of a dosa that you get in Sunnyvale, but you make it available in Milpitas. Mm -hmm. It's a different object because a dosa in Sunnyvale is not the same thing as a dosa in Milpitas, even though they are the same. Uh, physically, they are the same, but they are not... A, uh, the Sunnyvale dosa is not available in Milpitas. So you find an opportunity and you say that, okay, I will combine all the things that are required to create a dosa and make it available in Milpitas. So at that point, you are making an entrepreneurial decision. And because there was 
uh, this dosa was not available earlier now it is so there is an opportunity for the consumers to go and buy this product now imagine that there is no market for it there are not enough consumers who want to eat a dosa in this location called milpitas then mm. in that case you lose out and your business shuts down but suppose that uh, that's that's one reason why the business would shut down the other reason could be that you try to make a dosa in milpit a uh, restaurant which serves dosas in milpitas and then you find that there are other uh, restaurants also in that same area which are also creating similar items for production so who who gets to be in the market is determined by whose cost are the lowest if uh, because all restaurants in that area have access to the same resources that is they can go and buy uh, the hire the services of waiters and kitchen staff and and cleaning staff and buy all the ingredients from the wherever uh, restaurants buy the ingredients from so everyone has the same thing same uh, access to resources what uh, your uh, as an entrepreneur what you're doing is you're trying to minimize your costs and if you are the person who is able to provide the goods uh, the the food at the lowest price at a acceptable quality then you will survive otherwise you won't survive and that's entrepreneurs uh, compete with each other in bringing products to the market and consumers then have to uh, then vote with their wallets and that is what creates this market process and that pushes the the creation of products and services that uh, continually in some sense improve so today i went and bought myself uh, a tablet so it was a samsung tablet a samsung tablet is just an awesome piece of uh, equipment i noticed and uh, you couldn't have bought it uh, this piece of equipment uh, uh, say 3 years ago hmm now why is it so good because there's a competing product what is a competing product to a samsung tablet nexus tablets or ipads ipads and the ipad air uh, with its retina display and all that sells at a certain price the samsung sells at another price now i had to choose between an apple product or a samsung product or even a nexus product and based upon my assessment of what it is in terms of price quality uh, features specifications i decided that you know the best thing i can do is to buy myself a samsung product the samsung product is good because the apple product is good and vice versa because if apple didn't face any competition it would not have any incentive in improving their products or reducing their prices the costs are whatever they are but you know what an apple doesn't actually sell the product at the cost uh, at which it, man- it manufactures it the price that it charges is quite independent of the cost mm-hmm. there is some relationship but there's not a rigid relationship because apple can produce something for $100 and sell it for $600 those people are willing to pay that price mm. but they can't arbitrarily increase the price because people will then say you know what why would i pay to 3000 bucks for something 
that I can go and buy from Samsung. It's slightly different, but for 300 bucks. Right. So, so diehard app, Apple fans will say, no, it doesn't matter what the price is, I'm going to go for it. Whereas the average consumer will say, okay, what am I getting for the money that I'm paying up? So therefore, what Apple does is constrained by what Google or uh, Samsung does. And each of them gets constrained by the competition. And they're all entrepreneurs, by the way. However large or small a company is, fundamentally it's a collection of people who are producing some good or a service by combining existing resources. Take an app, uh, uh, this uh, tablet, for example. It is a combination of things, right? There is a processor in it, there's memory, there's a battery, there's a screen, and so on and so forth, and there's mm -hmm. software. All these things exist in some sense. Some is made in-house, but much of it is bought from outside. It's a combination of these things. Apple doesn't go and produce the, the glass that uh, goes on top of the, the tablet or any, any other company which makes these things. They all buy those components and then they put it together in, some, in a certain way, do some design and so on. So they assemble the thing in some sense. And one of the mysteries that we have to saw, uh, we have to address at some point in one of our uh, future episodes is, see, if you look at any device of any complexity, you mm -hmm. notice that it has got components. And each of these components requires a great deal of know-how or technology to produce. No single person knows how to do everything. Each of these person, each of the components are produced by specialists who are only specialized in that and they know only that little narrow thing. The person who knows how to say design uh, uh, electron, you know, the innards of the processing chip. He has no idea how it gets manufactured in some sense. So there is a fabrication plant and people at the fabrication plant don't know how to design it, but they can fabricate it. Hmm. and so on and so forth. The hardware person does not know much about software and the software person doesn't know much about hardware. The marketing people don't know about the design and so on. Therefore, we have to ask, what is this process which puts all these things together in a very mysterious way? Well, you need to, if you think about it, it's a very mysterious process. How does the activity of so many different people get coordinated? Right. So that this thing gets this this thing get produced, which nobody really knows how to produce. Can I venture a guess? Yeah. Is this the extended order that we have been discussing before? Well, the extended order refers to uh, the fact that there is a lot of people who are cooperating with each other, and there's a network of cooperation. That is, somewhere in China, some people are doing something, and somewhere in Brazil, some other people are doing something, and in California, some other people are doing something. Right. So this, this thing which creates this extended uh, network, and there is order in the network. Hmm. It is decentralized, just like the internet. You see, there's nobody centrally commanding who should do what. Mm -hmm. All of us are doing our little bit, and we are doing it because 
we are motivated by our own interest, our own preferences, our own abilities to do certain things. But somehow, order emerges out of this unorganized, dis, uh, in some sense, disorganized activity of millions of people. And this order emerges despite the fact that nobody is giving any orders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the very amazing thing. And we will talk about it the next time, that is it possible for any person to actually give orders and create the order that we see? So next time we'll talk about this a little more. Uh, I noticed that we are uh, skipping around a little bit, but overall we'll get the entire picture after a few more conversations. I would certainly look forward to that. Thank you so much for your time, Atanu. Okay, great. You take care and good night. Good night. That's it for this week, people. But... Don't forget to leave us your questions on Facebook at facebook.com slash economically speaking. Our Twitter handle is at econ speaking. Each week we chat with Atanu Day on matters generally related to economics. This is Economically Speaking with your host Sudipto Chatterjee. Until next time, goodbye.